Welcome to Rise Resolute. It is my pleasure to have Jordan Gray on the podcast today. She is a professional track athlete, an American record holder, and a decathlete. And it's so awesome that she's able to be on the podcast with us. So welcome, Jordan. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for being here today. Um, we're really excited to talk to you and hear about your journey. Um, before we get started, will you give the listeners a little intro on you, Jordan? Yeah, so I'm a professional track athlete. Um, I actually didn't do track and go until my senior year of high school, though. I started out as a basketball, softball, tennis, gymnastics, taekwondo kind of girl. I did lots of different things, but track and field, I started my senior year of high school, and then I did it in college, um, and I just actually recently graduated to start my pro career. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what uh, I came from. Now I'm actually working towards getting women to be able to do the decathlon in the Olympics. Um, I was uh, really fortunate to be able to go out to California for some of the inaugural events um, for women to be able to do it at a championship level. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, other things that I'm doing, I'm just kind of getting ready for U.S. championships. Um, yeah, that's pretty much who I am, what I'm doing. Awesome. So inspirational. I think that's fantastic. And for those of you that don't know out there, um, women are not currently able to compete in the Olympics as a decathlete or in the decathlon. And so I think that's so cool that you're working towards that, Jordan. It's really awesome. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. There's a lot of people kind of moving towards that. It's been awesome to see all the support that uh, it's been getting recently. There's lots of people out there who think it's high time women should be allowed to do that, just like we're allowed to run marathons and stuff now. It's like full court basketball. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it makes solid sense. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Okay. As, as our listeners know, I love to start with a quote and this is actually a quote that Jordan has selected and it's a fantastic one. So the quote is this, my gritty listeners, sometimes God will break you down to literally nothing so that he can build you back up even better as a testimony to his ability, grace, and power. So we're going to find out how that quote relates to Jordan's journey as we um, work through this this interview. Let's get started, Jordan. Um, if you would start off by sort of giving the listeners an overview on some of the challenges or a challenge that you faced as you've gone through your athletic journey. Um, there's been lots of things that have really shaped me into the athlete that I, you know, became today. Um, I actually didn't even get into being a athlete in the first place if it weren't for injury. Um, I was playing basketball. That's what I wanted to do in college. That was my passion. And during a basketball game, shortly after I tried out for a college track team, I was fouled pretty aggressively, and I sprained my ankle so bad it blew a piece of the bone off. And I wasn't going to stop playing because we really needed to win that game. So I walked around and bunch of things, and um, I went in. I was compensating so bad. I actually was in the first those seconds. I sprained my other ankle. And so the rest of the game, it didn't even look like I'd sprained anything because I couldn't limp because I hadn't had a good foot. Um, and so when I got done, both my feet were just like so swollen and rolling out. I couldn't walk on them. They were bruised and gross and terrible. And I had to go get a boot and x-rays and all kinds of stuff because they weren't sure if it was broken. It got so bad. Um, so when I showed up for my first day on the track and field team, I was in a boot of brace. And the coach was like, well, you look pretty strong, so we're going to teach you shots and javelins. So they kind of taught me that because that was something I could do, not really moving much. And then when I got out, finally, they were like, oh, well, you can kind of run and jump. You can do the half-tap on. 
And I didn't know what that was. I didn't know anything about track and field. I didn't know how far it was around the track. I didn't know anything. So my first track and field meet was actually a heptathlon where I fell during the hurdles, scratched myself up, did pretty bad. Um, but, you know, it was something that was cool. It was fun. It was exciting. Within the first few months, that was something that my parents realized. I was going to get way better scholarship opportunities. I was going to go a lot farther in a professional career, potentially after college and a bunch of different things. So they very wisely and with foresight told me that I was going to be a track and field athlete now and that I was definitely basketball because I was good at basketball because I could run and jump, and now they found a place for me to run and jump. And so, um, yeah, so my whole track and field athlete career was actually kind of kicked off by that. And I hated track and field when I got to college. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> um, I was really upset. I was depressed. I wasn't playing basketball anymore. I had been given scholarship money with the expectation that I was going to win the conference championship. And that was perfectly fine, except I was not going to not work. So I felt like I was working for something. I was on the track running till I threw up. I was, you know, going crazy hard in the weight room. I was doing all these things for something I didn't even want to be doing. <laughs> I was doing it because I wasn't going to be given an opportunity and not work hard. Um, so I was really upset. I didn't want to be there. And eventually when I got back into competing at the end of the off season, which is a whole six months in track and field, um, it was, it got better. And I started loving the sport again and, you know, kind of came through that. But Sticking through that was something I was super happy I did because I didn't want to. Um, I called my mom and was like, I don't even know what I want my degree to be. I hate track and field. Like, I don't want to be here. And she was like, well, if you drop out of track and field, you have to go get a job. So you can just take a different <laughs> job because you're going to Okay. And so I kept doing it. And I can't even imagine now what it would be like if I had quit track and field back then. Um, so pushing through that was something I was super happy I did. Um, and then, um, kind of injury like related as well, right at the beginning of our conference championship. So the meet that I was supposed to win, the one that I'm supposed to, you know, get paid for all that kind of stuff with scholarship. Um, I was doing the pentathlon, which if you don't know what the pentathlon is, it's five events in one day. It's the 60 hurdles, high jump, shot put, long jump, and then the 800. And you have 30 minutes in between each event. So we had just finished the hurdles, and I went uh, to go work for high jump, and my coach came over, and he was like, you know, well, I don't know where, you know, your teammate is. She disappeared. I was like, well, I don't know either. And he was like, well, they're going to start high jump without her, so someone needed to go find her. So I was in my high jump spikes, and they have, like, 11 spikes in the bottom of each shoe. I ran off to go find her. I went up a flight of stairs, which was really stupid, <laughs> to try and find her. And on my first step down the stairs to come back, I slipped and fell down the stairs. I tore my right after, broke one rib, and knocked a bunch of others out. No. <laughs> and I was laying at the bottom of the stairs, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, I can't tell anyone. I can't tell anyone what happened. I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm just going to go. I'm going to leave. I'm going to high jump. I'm going to go finish this. This is what I got paid to do. Get up. Tough it out. So I got up. I walked out. <laughs> And I finished, and I won. Um, what? The pentathlon. <laughs> yeah. You think the 800 hurts until you run it with a broken rib. That, <laughs> that's painful. Oh, my gosh. Um, but so I um, I finished that up, but because I tore my right eye structure so bad, I didn't get my outdoor season. 
and I remember, um, like, I got redshirted. My coach told me I was going to be redshirted on spring break. And I remember I was like, okay, give me one second. And I walked away, went to the bathroom, cried for about 10 minutes that my outdoor season was gone. I was really mad. I had worked really hard to get better and all these things, and it was just gone. I didn't get to compete my freshman year outdoor. I did all this training, all this stuff, and I didn't get it. So I cried for, like, those 10 minutes. And I was like, okay, we're done crying. I'm not going to cry about it anymore. You're going to go back out there and you're going to run. And you're going to do a workout. So I came outside, finished it, and I never got mad about it again. Um, but so I had lots of things like that happen throughout my career. I got shin splints so bad they turned into stress fractures. And I was doing events with boots on between the uh, attempts and different things. I was, you know, I did a lot. I broke three of my toes at one point. I, you know, sprained my ankle multiple times. I... Like, there were tons of times that I injured myself, and I had little things to get through and to try and work through. Um, but the reason I chose that quote is because every time that I seemed to get hurt and God allowed me to kind of push through it and get better, I always came out of it with a little bit of a sense of accomplishment, with a sense of um sort of helpfulness to others, a little bit of ability to relate with others. So when they got hurt, I could empathize with them better. I could help get them through rehab better. I could help tell them what to think about. You know, these are your goals. This is how this is going to help, all these things. Um, but one of the things that I ended up really priding myself in was my ability to push through anything. And I kind of got to the point where I was like, you know, I could get hit by a train and I will figure out how to get back from it. And God took that and threw it in my face. Um, the summer of 2017, right after I had gone to NCAA championships, I played seventh in the nation. Um, I came back and I started getting this crazy rash all over my legs. And I was like, I don't really know what's happening. Like, it looked really weird. Like, it's almost like I've got white spots on my legs and there's red spots. I'm not positive what's happening. So I just got like a bunch of different lotions, a bunch of different things to try and fix it. And then as time went on, it kind of started spreading. And uh, I looked down at my legs one day and um, I was sweating and there were like little drops of blood all over my legs. And I was like, this is super weird. I have to see a doctor. So the athletic trainer set it up for me to see a doctor because he obviously didn't know what was going on either. And the practitioner was like, okay, we'll put you on steroids and see if it'll knock it out. So they put me on steroids. It would knock it out for a few days and then come right back. Wow. And so it, it wouldn't go away. And eventually, so that was in like October, and I started seeing dermatologist after dermatologist after rheumatologist after general practitioner because I got to the point that everywhere in my body except for my face, my hands, and my feet, I had this rash that every time I started sweating, it would start bleeding. Like, I would just start bleeding, like, from my skin, from these sores that were everywhere. And it would, like, rip at my skin. It was incredibly painful because the sweat would get in it. Um, my clothes were, like, ripping my skin off because it would stick to them and it would just come off in, like, sheets onto my clothes. Um, and it got to the point that I was just throwing up from the pain and I couldn't move. I would come out to practice. And I would barely get through a warm-up, and I would just start throwing up because I hurt so bad. I eventually was told not to come back to weight because I was getting blood on the weightlifting equipment, trying to weightlift, and I would run out. i throw up. i try to come back in and keep going, and eventually I got told not to come back. I was 
trying to run on the track, and I remember running through these workouts, and I would be in so much miserable pain, and I would hit the ground, and my coach would just start dumping water on me to try and, like, fix it. And eventually he told me not to come back because it was just getting to a ridiculous point um, because my throat was getting so raw. And I can remember going to the showers in the locker room, and I would just be laying on the ground, like, in so much pain, just crying, and I would, like, just see, like, blood and water just running off of me into the drain on the shower as I was laying on the floor. And I remember just, like, singing that song, Blessed Be the Name of the Lord, you know, through the sunshine, through the trials, through the whatever, Blessed Be the Name of the Lord, and I was just crying. And I remember thinking, it's okay, though, because one day you're going to do big things. Like, God's going to get you through this. You're going to, you know, you're going to get better eventually someone will figure this out and you're going to do big things and so in December my coach and I decided that I would try to get a national qualifier in the pentathlon through pain and if hope and then probably not have an entire season but go to nationals in case they figured it out before nationals and so right before that I went to the doctor and she was pretty sure I had cancer and so they took a skin biopsy, and I had some stitches in my arm from that, like just the two little stitches because they cut out a little piece of my arm. And um, I remember going to that meet thinking, like, this might be my last meet, like, ever. Like, if I have cancer, if I can't get back from it, if I can't whatever, like, this honestly might be the last meet I ever competed. And I was like, I'm not going to think about the fact that I might have cancer or anything, though. I'm going to go, and I'm going to compete. And when I'm done competing, I'll let myself think about it. And so I were going and warming up for the hurdles and stuff, and I was already in pain, just sweating from the warm-up, and I pushed through high jump, got through shot put, did the long jump, and then after the 800, I crossed the finish line, and I just hit the ground, and all the trainers were running over, and one of them grabbed me on the arm because she didn't quite see what's happening, and I jerked away because it hurt so bad for it even be touching me. And um, my coach was yelling. He was like, someone needs to get her to a shower, and his wife was on staff too. And so I remember the trainers like trying to get me to the showers, but they like couldn't touch me and their towels were getting blood all over them. And my coach, Agna, was able to follow me into the locker room because um, she was the only female on the trip. And I remember her having to help me take my uniform off and it was just pulling my skin off as I was taking the uniform off and I was <sighs> throwing up and <sighs> she was like being super helpful. But I just remember just crying and like I still had the stitches in my arm, like, and then, you know. It was just like an incredible mental battle. Um, and so after that, um, like my coach started fasting for me. I had people praying for me. I had people, you know, like encouraging me. I had, you know, all these, like I had an amazing support group um, that was really helping me through all of that. And I remember thinking, you know, it's okay because one day you're going to do great things. You know, by your senior year, you are going to be, a 6,000-point heptathlete. Like, that is the goal. And um, it was really incredible how God, like, broke me down to the point that I literally could not move. Like, he was, he basically said, you know, this is something that only I'm going to be able to pull you back from. Like, this isn't something that, you know, can be claimed as, well, Jordan was so tough, she pushed through her sprained ankle. Or Jordan was so willing to get this mark that she competed even on stress fractures that people told her might become compound if she went and did it. You know, this wasn't something that anybody could throw on me because I, 
got to the point that I literally, like, my goal of the day was get out of bed. And it was incredible to see God open up doors after I reached that point to fix me. Eventually, there was a doctor in Atlanta who was like, you know, we're still not quite sure what's happening, but there's this new drug that I was on the forefront for. It's called Dupixent. It's a shot you give yourself in the stomach every two weeks, and we're going to see what happens. And we gave me that first injection, and literally within weeks, it was getting better. Wow. And I still give myself that shot every two weeks um, to keep that keep it from coming back. And they're still not quite sure why it happened. They don't know what made it start. They don't know what would make it permanently end. But um, that's, you know, something I had to do now to keep that from coming back. It's unbelievable. Um, so they never really diagnosed what exactly was going on, but the shot was effective to help you. Correct. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah. And so, and then I started coming back and I was like, you know, this is great. We'll be able to do this. And my coach and I kept pushing and pushing and I developed plantar fasciitis in my feet so bad within a few weeks after because I jumped right back into training so fast um, that I, they started tearing and they were bruising at my shins to my knees, <laughs> to everywhere, and I didn't get to really compete that outdoor season um, because of that. And they asked me to be on Team USA, and my coach had to say no, <laughs> which uh. broke my heart. Um, and so there were a lot of things that, you know, went down that year because of that. Um, but it was really cool to see, again, how God kind of worked all of that out because I was able to get my indoor season back, but because of that injury where I tore my ad after freshman year, I also had this fifth year outdoor. So it was really cool how, you know, that would have been my senior year that I just lost because of that illness. But because of me falling down that flight of stairs, I got another season. Um, wow. So, yeah. yeah. So it was amazing how God works those kinds of things. You know, you get mad and you're like, why would you let that happen? Why would you know, this be something that's okay. Like I worked really hard. I've done everything I'm supposed to do. I've done my rehab. I've done these things and yet I still don't get my season. And I don't understand that. That makes me bad. And sometimes you don't get to see the benefits for years, you know? And it wasn't until my fifth year, you know, four years down the road that I was able to see how important it was that that happened. Right. There's some things that I love about this, Jordan. I mean, one is that, you know, sometimes the most difficult times result in, you know, some of the best outcomes. And we can't always see the light at the end of the tunnel. In fact, sometimes it's so far off that it's not even visible, right? But I think just trusting the plan and trusting, you know, that we are going to come through it. And I mean, your testimony to what you went through laying on the floor, watching the blood wash away, um, and but yet still having a positive outlook and still you know, believing um, in yourself and in your plan and in God's plan for your life. I think that's pretty amazing. And also, and, um, you know, the fact that you say relating to others and helping them through, that's what this podcast is about, you know, getting your story out so that anyone else who is struggling either in a similar way or in a different way can find some inspiration and in knowing that, you know, people get through the hardest of times and come out the other side. Um, and mm -hmm. I, I just think that those, I mean, I can't even imagine what you went through. It's unbelievable. I, it's crazy. Are there any specific words of encouragement that you might offer someone else who's either struggling in their athletic career or maybe just going through a some struggles in life, um, something specific that you might want to tell them? Yeah. Um, it is, to me, it, you know, there will always be people, you know, there's like that can help or 
you know, that are willing to help, whatever. And it's very important to have those people. But for me, like, knowing that God was my stronghold and my plan was, was very important. But, and, like, what got me through. But also knowing that, like, people who come through this kind of stuff, like, it's okay to be sad. Like, I, you know, there's a time for everything. Like, I took that time when I didn't get my season and I said, you know, I'm going to go cry about this for 10 minutes and then I'm done. You know, like, it's okay. Like, you don't have to tough everything out. Like, sometimes it's wiser to rest. Sometimes it's wiser to give yourself that kind of break. And then when you're going through something, like, there were times I was lying there and I was like, God, you either need to heal me or kill me because I can't do this. Like, I, you know, I was depressed. I was, you know, not wanting to get out of bed. I was, And they're like, it's okay to be sad. And it's okay to tell people that you're sad and that you're struggling and that you're going through something. Um, you don't have to be like a super tough warrior soldier to get through something. You know, courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is the ability to be scared out of your freaking mind <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and that's exactly what it takes. Like nobody goes through that kind of stuff without the pain. Nobody's not feeling it. Nobody's not scared about what the outcome might be. Nobody's scared they might not achieve their goals because anything great worth accomplishing, whether that's getting better, whether that's, you know, achieving some sort of goal, whatever it is, like nothing is accomplished without the prospect of failure. And that's okay because if there was no prospect of failure, it wouldn't be a great achievement. And so it's okay to be scared. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be those things. And you find what it is that here's your stronghold. You find Jesus. You allow him to be your rock. You allow him to be what you lean on when you have nothing else to lean on. And you get it done anyway. Whatever that is. Whatever it is that you need to do. Whether that's your rehab. Whether that's trying to rest. Whether that's trying to push through. Whatever it is that you need to do. Like, it's okay to not feel the what your your action. It's okay to not feel okay and to find a way to have courage for the situation. You don't have to feel courageous to be courageous. I love that. Yeah, I think all of that is so awesome and powerful. Um, I love the piece about, you know, it's okay to feel your emotions, to go through it. And sometimes, you know, we've covered this in another another interview that I did. It's okay to ask for help when you need it too. You know, let people be there. Um, if you're spiritual, you know, go to, go to God and give it to God. If you're not a spiritual person, you know, looking for help, asking for help, allowing yourself to be helped and to um, give yourself some of that tender, loving care that we all need when we're when we're struggling. Um, and I, I also really love that um, you know if something is really worthwhile, it often will scare the pants off you. You know, yeah. and um, and I think that that's really valuable. And so just knowing that in the struggle is you know something really really special and precious that comes out of it. Um, which is totally clear from your story. So where are you headed now, Jordan? Um, where are you in your training career? And what's the latest with, with the injuries and how you're feeling and all of that? Um, I'm actually feeling pretty good right now. Um, I did get a pretty bad spring in the NCAAs, and that kind of threw a wrench in things. Um, that was, you know, another kind of God thing where, you know, I was laying on those shower floors thinking, you know, it's okay by your senior year, you should be a 6,000 point half athlete, and that just didn't happen. You know, and that was incredibly depressing that I had gone through all of that thinking that and I didn't achieve that. But then two weeks later, I broke that American record out in California in the decathlon. 
So it's kind of cool how God, you know, isn't always interested in your plan. <laughs> You've got bigger and better things for you. You know, breaking an American record was his goal for me, not breaking those 6,000 points. Um, but so now I'm uh, training for U.S. championships, which are at the end of this month. And then after that, hopefully I'll be going to Germany on Team USA for the Team USA versus Team Germany combined event um, challenge called the Fourth Cup. So that should be really exciting. And then the only other possible thing is there might be another decathlon in October, but that's kind of up in the air whether or not that event is going to happen. So gotcha. that's all I have left. It's going to be a wonderful 13-month-long season. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome stuff. Um, so so excited to see where, you're, where you go, and I know that there is a great plan ahead, and the best is certainly yet, yet to be. And, um, you know, for all all of those listeners out there who are struggling or going through, um, you know, something difficult, be it big or small, um, you know, take heart and, and listen to Jordan's powerful words and also realize that, you know, sometimes you have to be a little scared. You feel a little scared, but you go out and you do it anyway um, and realize that, you know, at rock bottom, sometimes you come out even better on the other side. So I would love to tell listeners how to follow you if they're interested in um, learning more about your journey and being inspired, being continued to be inspired by just the name of your Instagram handle, Jordan. Um, Tell (laughs) listeners how they can follow you. Um, So you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram um, at grit underscore goddess. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. Perfect handle. Yeah, I love it too because that's actually my dad, you know, he would always tell me growing up, he was the embarrassing father that screamed things from the rafters during basketball games and his thing that he loved to scream was snot bubbles. Snot bubbles. Snot bubbles. I and love it. it. Whatever you are doing, you should be trying so hard that you have physical snap bubbles coming out of your face. Oh my gosh, that is awesome. We always, we always talked about having grit about those things, and it's because you have to be grateful, you have to have respect, integrity, and tenacity, and you got to grit it out. That's amazing. So that was his idea for my handle was Grit Goddess. I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing this story. It's super inspirational, and we wish you all the best in your career. Um, we'll continue to follow you. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Jordan. Of course. Thank you for having me. And thank you all for listening. Please take a minute and subscribe to the podcast so that you can continue to be inspired by stories of grit and perseverance. And remember, connected, we can rise.